All right, well, the Knicks lose 108 to 101 on Sunday night. Um, and we're here to talk about it. Tough loss, tough loss. Game one at the Garden does not go the way we want it. Let's get into it. Episode 518 of BD4. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. All right, so we're diving right in. Not going to waste time. Tough loss for the Knicks last night, technically two nights ago. It's early, mor- early morning, uh, very early in the a.m. on Tuesday. But on Sunday, the Knicks take a loss in the afternoon to the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. No, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, Yeah, 108-101 to 101 at the Garden. You got the good first half. Maybe, you know, the first quarter and a half, 18 minutes. The Knicks look good. R.J. Barrett, 26 points. Jalen Brunson, 26 points maybe. I don't, I don't fucking remember. Um, But they're both on point. Finishing, probing the defense, getting to, their, getting to their spots inside the paint. The Knicks were just, they were, I mean, they were getting buckets at will. On the inside like it was nobody's business. Just ripping Miami apart. In the paint. But. Late second quarter I'd say. You felt the momentum start to swing. The Miami Heat. Once down double figures. Cut that deficit to five points. And it just kind of felt like shit. And it felt like something bad was coming. With the way the Knicks ended that half very uncompetitively, if that's even a word. So the second half comes, and the Miami Heat put their foot on the pedal, and they take their lead. Um, Jimmy Butler is getting whistles like he always does. He finishes with 26-11-4. Kyle Lowry's turning back the clock. The Heat. Going with the transition game, the three-point game. The third quarter, to me, was the game. Um, that's when the Heat outscored the Knicks 31-20. They went on a nice little 7-1 run at the end of the period. And the Knicks battled a little bit. They still made it close in the fourth quarter. They came within three three points, I'd say, with, with less than five minutes left. But eventually, they didn't have enough. 
and they lose 108 to 101 to the Heat at the Garden on Sunday afternoon. Um, one thing I'm gonna say that this is the first point I want to make. The Knicks lost this game in a non-shocking way. Um, they're shooting. I don't know how much longer they can win. I'm gonna be honest. Without a consistent three-point shot. Listen, they were able to get by in the regular season not being a great shooting team. Uh, You play a lot of bad teams in the regular season. You also got great shot creators. You took care of the ball then, and you you got a ton of second-chance opportunities. But in this game, you didn't have Randall. Uh, Quickly was ineffective again. So your shot creating wasn't there outside Jalen Brunson. And the Knicks aren't getting shot creation from those two guys, Randall and Quigley, all playoffs. They haven't so far. Um, They also haven't been taking care of the ball like they had in the regular season. They were the fourth lowest turnovers per game. They had the fourth lowest turnovers per game stat in the regular season. But the Knicks so far in the playoffs are averaging two more turnovers per game, which has them the third worst. How long will that be able to hold up where you're winning and you're doing all that? And we're not knocking down those timely three-pointers. At least in their regular season, the Knicks took enough threes to where they'd knock down the timely ones. You know, even in round one, you know, Brunson had one or two big-time threes. Josh Hart knocked down that desperation desperation three-pointer from above the break. In one of those games, um, you had quite a few. But not on Sunday, he didn't. Not one. It was putrid. Uh, plus, I know the rebounding numbers were in the Knicks' favors this game, but it didn't feel like they were as dominant on second-chance opportunities. Um, so they weren't able to mask their three-point deficiencies. I mean, the Knicks shot the ball 21% in this game from three-point distance. That's awful. That's very bad. And you take away Obi Toppin, the Knicks shot an unheard of 14% on their threes. So far in this playoffs, across six games, the Knicks are 27%. If you go game by game, they were 21% in game one versus Cleveland. 31% the next night, 28% in game three, 30% in game four, 24% in game five, and on Sunday versus Miami, 21%. So, I mean, let's, let's just be a little bit real and ask the question, how far can one team really go in the NBA playoffs in the modern era here shooting like that? Probably not too far. You know, probably not Eastern Conference Finals far. Like, I I know you don't want to hear that, but I don't see it happen. You can't shoot this poorly and expect to win that many playoff series. I know the Heat can't shoot either, but they've been hot from three this entire postseason. And sometimes that's all it takes. You get hot. 
Plus, the Knicks are still misfiring like it's nobody's business at the foul line. At least Miami made their free throws. The Knicks were bottom of the barrel during the regular season. They are third to last right now this postseason at the free throw line. And they were just 60% in this game. That has to be something the Knicks fix because they left eight points on the board from the foul line in this game. And they ended up losing by how many, folks? Eight points. In that second half, Miami completely changed it up and Spolstra made adjustments like great coaches do. And you could tell Miami had their game plan. They started packing the paint. So all of a sudden, RJ and Brunson couldn't get inside. In that third quarter, the Heat were constantly helping off the strong side and forcing the Knicks into taking open threes because Miami knew that they weren't knocking them down. You saw that scheme really be effective in the second half, man. Helping off of Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett, even daring Obi Toppin. It was the same way the Knicks schemed on Cleveland, where they helped off strong shot, where they helped off strong side shooters, uh, you know, with a below average jump shot like Isaac Okoro. That's how Cleve, uh, that's how Miami was scheming the Knicks. And without Randall out there. He didn't have his ability to just, you know, concede to the three and bully his way into the paint and use his size and strength and get physical with the heat down low anyway on the block. Couldn't do that without him. So Miami knew exactly what they wanted to do and they executed it to perfection, to a T. And in total, they doubled the Knicks in both three-point makes and free throws, just about. Butler was out there drawing contact. 11 free throw attempts for him. Lowry cooked the Knicks with 18 and 6. Knocked down three triples at 50%. Gabe Vincent was 5 of 12 on his threes. And his fifth three-pointer was the dagger to me. He had four minutes and change remaining in the game. Miami ball. The Knicks were down three. Kyle Lowry misses a one-hander in the middle. Mitchell Robinson grabs the board, but Lowry pokes it loose out of Mitchell Robinson's hands. The ball lands in Gabe Vincent's hands, and he ends up knocking down the dagger three-pointer to put the heat up six with four minutes and something to go. It completely took the energy out of the building. The Knicks lost the game right there. It was a heart-crushing moment. He had a chance to turn a three-point lead into a tie or into a one-point game. And you ended up going down by six. So, yeah, I mean, the Heat offense was just, in the end, it was just way more efficient in the second half of the game. Um, They turned 38% into 47%. In the first half, the Knicks played them well. Miami's offense was slow, lethargic. They were missing everything. But in the second half, I thought the ball reversal to the weak... The, God, I'm fucking slurring my words. It's late. I thought the ball reversal to the weak side was much better in the second half for Miami. It was a big difference. They moved the ball much quicker in the half court. They rebounded better than they did in the first half. And they played faster. The full court game ate the Knicks up in that third quarter. 
Oh my god, those back to back to back transition leakouts they had completely took the edge out of the Knicks. Kevin Love was out there passing like he was Patrick Mahomes. And that's something he's never lost. I'll give Kevin Love that. They had Butler leaking out. I think Gabe Vincent. It was ugly. I thought that that right there was was in the heat. Just showed their experience. And the Knicks showed their youth. Miami looked very poised. The Knicks didn't look very poised. Um, And I don't want to blame this loss on Tom Thibodeau. But I didn't think he coached a great game. Uh, I didn't love the lineup choices. The Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett lineups are brutal, man. It's And I've been saying this a lot. It provides zero spacing for the Knicks in the half court. Because R.J. is a below average three-point shooter. We know that. So the defense just completely helps off him. But with Josh Hart, it's a little different. He's okay from three. But the big thing is when he gets open looks, he's very hesitant, and a lot of the time, he'll refuse to take them. So instead, he drives into the paint from the wing, and the paint's clocked because they don't respect his jumper. So it leads to turnovers or just you know, stagnant offense. And it's not the spacing is not good when they share the floor. I, I never liked it. Um, I, I thought not going back to Obi Toppin in the fourth quarter was very interesting. I thought that would have helped with the spacing. You needed the shooting, especially in the second half. The Knicks connected on four threes in the entire second half. Three of them came from Obi Toppin. But after playing all the third quarter, Obi sits 10 of the 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. In a game where you lose because of your three-point shot, he doesn't play the fourth. I understand Tibbs won a defense there with you know Josh Hart guarding Jimmy Butler. But I thought with, with again, Hart and RJ in the same lineup, plus no Obi in that fourth quarter, it just completely took away the spacing in the half court. Miami, was it was just way too easy for them to help off the strong side into the lane. Double onto Brunson Trap, it was just too easy. Because we allowed that with our lineups. And Obi was rebounding too, by the way. He had eight. Josh Hart had eight. Um, the Quentin Grimes minutes were a bit interesting. Just ten minutes for him in this game. Four minutes in the second half again. In a game where you needed the three-point shot, why isn't your best three-point shooter out there? I'm not going to kill Tibbs for this because maybe Grimes isn't 100% yet. But if you could play, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to kill him for any of these decisions because I get it. I get that it's difficult to find those exact moments of when to use who and when to go to defense over offense and vice versa. It's difficult. It's easy to sit here as a fan and critique. But when you're in the moment, in the moment's much different than going back and being the what they call Monday morning quarterback. I, I understand that. Um, but I do think I would have done it differently. 
me, the podcaster from New Jersey who averages two listeners, thinks he would have done it different. Um, you know, I, I I thought the second half ball movement and tempo was very slow for the Knicks. That's something I think they need to adjust in the in the next game. Knicks had a ton of one-pass-shoot possessions in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. A lot of tunnel vision from Brunson and RJ. A lot of ISO, just four assists in the third quarter. You do that across a game, that's 16. That's terrible in 2023. Um, and yeah, I think they need to go out there in game two and play much faster. The Heat are an older team who play slow. They don't run. The Knicks play slow too, but they have games where they run because they have the youth to run. With Obi, Hart, RJ, Quickly, they like to run with that unit. Brunson and Hartenstein are also good on those outlet passes. They can make those passes. But yeah, I say game two comes, use your youth. Get those older veterans like Love, like Lowry. Get them out running. Get Butler out running on a bum ankle. You think those guys want to spend their minutes sprinting 94 feet? You think they can sustain that? I think that's what the Knicks should focus on. Um, I also want to say that at some point, and at some point, what I mean by that is, like, today, the Knicks are going to need both Quickly and Randall, if he's healthy, to show up offensively. Quickly's not been good. He's had a couple moments, but he's not been good overall. Without quickly being that secondary playmaker, that ball handler right aside Brunson, Brunson's not going to get the space he needs. We've seen it when Brunson's on the ball sometimes. When he's on the ball too much, he gets a little too trigger happy. And it's just much easier to trap on Brunson if quickly's out there being hesitant and jittery. And that's the way he looks. Dude, quick, quickly, I, I hate to say it, but Emmanuel Quickly, this kid is absolutely hurting his chances at making some big-time money now. Remember how it was it was like a, a guarantee in the regular season that he'd get the bag? But right now, you're seeing it when it matters. In the playoffs, he is being exposed. And honestly, if he keeps this level of play up, shit, I'm not paying him the extension next uh, this summer. And if that's the case, I don't want to lose him for nothing next summer. So I'm not going to say it, but you know where I'm going here. That's if he keeps this up. So he's got to step up. And Randall, I I, I hope he's back. And I hope he's on point. Because we need him for those baskets down low. He can cook Kevin Love up. We know that. Kevin Love won't be able to keep up with Randall. Um, It also helps that if Randall is back... Miami's probably going to throw Bam on him, which takes Bam away from the paint, eliminating the rim protection threat, eliminating the rebounding threat from Bam. That's a plus. So, this is it, man. This next game is the season for the Knickerbockers here. They cannot and must not go down 2 nothing with Saturday and Tuesday being played in Miami, games 3 and 4. And you're going to need your team at full fucking strength here, man. Randall, I know Brunson's now questionable. How much of it is real versus how much is a smokescreen? I don't know. 
but I can't imagine these guys are feeble enough in the head to sit out. They gotta know the circumstances here. They gotta know. There's no way Brunson and Randall sit out. Both of them honestly need to be playing. If they're questionable, they have to play. It's the playoffs, man. And I definitely think, I mean, you can count on, um, on Jimmy playing. Jimmy's going to be out there tonight. He'll be out there, no doubt, to me. So that means the Knicks, if Jimmy's out there, they have to attack him. Hunt that motherfucker down on every single switch in the pick and roll. Bring his man up to screen, get that switch. Hunt him. Put pressure on that ankle and make him work. That's what they have to focus on. So that's all I have. I'm not going to go too long. Just a quick 20-minute episode. We'll head to our break, get back, wrap it up with our trivia. I don't want to talk about this game. I want to move on. Let's get to it. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify. But you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show, episode 518. I'm your host, RJ. You are listening to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, listen to it on Spotify. You can watch it on YouTube, the video format. And if you do, subscribe to us there. Subscribe to this podcast, download these episodes, share these episodes with your friends and family. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, if you please. Welcome back to the show. Let's wrap this up with our trivia question of the day, shall we? All right, so for this episode, episode 518... I'm asking you for our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, I made no sense, of the 30 Knicks Heat 
playoff games. In how many of them did the two sides combine for below 200 points? All right. Of the 30 Knicks Heat playoff games, in how many of them did the two sides combine for below 200 points? All right. So in this game, they went over. So how many of the 30 Knicks Heat playoff games and how many of them did the two sides combine for below 200 points all right so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me if you want a hint i'll give you a hint it's not a very high number as you'd expect it's been very defensive minded between the two teams the two rivals fuck pat riley by the way all right that's it i appreciate you stopping by Hopefully we can take game two, because if we don't take game two, I think it's over. I, I you know, heading into the series, I had, uh, I had, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I had Miami in six. Uh, after this game, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't see the Knicks turning it around from three. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm just being a prisoner of the moment. <clears throat> but it's looking like Miami in five. Uh, I had them in six. But if the Knicks keep shooting like this, I don't know. Um, but again, it, you know, it's it's been a good season regardless of what happens. Uh, I, I just I don't want to be in that mentality. I want to win. <laughs> so the Knicks have to start shooting the ball better. That's it. Knock down your open looks. Um, like, yeah, people are saying, you know, well, at least the process was there. They're generating open looks. Well, the Heat also schemed them to get those open looks. The Heat, they, they, they were open for a reason. Josh Hart was open. R.J. Barrett was open. Those guys were open for a reason. Jalen Bronson's been terrible from three this entire playoff. He's been great in the paint. But his jumper's not been on. So we'll see. Knock down your shots. Knock down your shots. That's it. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you in the next one. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Anchor. 